the Destiny Takes Flight, a Wings of Fire podcast, where we will be discussing Wings of Fire, a well-known series that I think is the best series ever written. If you have not read it, please do. You can check out all my book reviews on this podcast if you're not convinced. If you have not read all the books up to book 15, then there will be spoilers. And welcome to the podcast. Sorry there haven't been any episodes lately. For me, school has started already, so I do not have much time for podcasting. Also, I forgot about this podcast completely. Today, we will be discussing weird things in Wings of Fire, whether it's in the book, implied, or just something that makes no sense. Throughout the series, it is unclear how life on Pyria and Pantala is sustainable. As you know, dragons are huge creatures, and at the end of Winter Turning, in the letter from Smolder, it features a human-dragon comparison. And in the Dragonette Prophecy, the book, not the prophecy, the Dragonettes share a cow for one meal. That means at least three cows are eaten a day, not even counting the guardians. And if that's what five dragonettes under a mountain eat, imagine how many cows are eaten by thousands of full-on dragons. There's simply not enough prey. And yes, there are many other animals on the continents, but the point remains. If we assume that there are several tens of thousands of dragons in each of the known tribes of Pyria, this would easily lead to 100,000 or more cows consumed every day. Could Pyria sustain such a vast population of prey animals? We don't hear about the massive herds roaming the lands. It is a question that would be interesting to explore. And that leads us to another weird thing. The things themselves that dragons eat. In Book 13, The Poison Jungle, it states that leafwings eat foods such as fish, mango, and grasshoppers. These foods are so small, so it makes no sense. And to add on to the weirdness, they eat these foods in coconut bowls. These foods are way too small for dragons to eat. So, the question remains. How is life sustainable on a continent where hundreds of thousands of of farm animals are eaten a day? that these numbers are estimates and are simply for illustration purposes. In any case, that is all there is to say about that, so moving on to number two. In book two, The Lost Heir, Whirlpool is described as having rings on his talons, but that is not possible because sea wings have webbed talons. Unless there are special rings made just for a sea wings, that is not possible. And on the fandom page, his rings are above the web, but below the talons. How does that even make any sense? One possible explanation is that he got web piercings. But why would he do that? And even still, that does not explain the fandom portrait. I feel like that was very rushed, but we have a lot to cover. So, moving on. thing is the cover of Blue Book, The Lost Continent. On the cover, it shows Blue flying. But as you probably know, he does not get his wings in that book. 
He never got them in his book. And maybe it was another dragon, but why would another dragon be on the cover of Blue's book? Also, the cover, the dragon on the cover is purple and blue, so of course it is blue. I personally don't care that much, but there were probably thousands of fan wings that were disappointed, including you, probably. It's just, it's misinformation. It's not right. I was so confused when I got to the end of the book and Blue never got his wings. I was like, what happened to the wings? Where are Blue's wings? Why could he not get them? And I know that each book cover has the main character flying, but they could have just made Blue hat from his metamorphosis in his book. Then again, in book 12, it states that metamorphosis is a sleeping state, so the book would be quite boring. That is a problem. Of course, we have to end with a topic of animus magic. This fits in both categories, weird and unexplained. One thing that is weird is how Jeroboa the first made all her spells irreversible. I mean, couldn't another animus just enchant, say, a rock? to erase the spell on an animus object no matter the spell on it? Or will the original spell deflect the abilities of the second? That's another thing. Can one spell counteract the other? Does it work like leaf speak, some having better control over their powers than others? This is just one of the mysteries of animus magic. Another one is this. Since some animus dragons can enchant an object by thought, they could think about what would happen been if forced to enchant, say, a dagger to kill themselves and accidentally actually enchanted the dagger. And since Animus Magic can do basically anything, Darkstalker didn't have to use his Animus Magic in a bunch of smaller spells like the Icewing Plague and Resurrection of Clearsight. Instead, he could have just enchanted Pyria to be in his image, right? And also, I know I said I would talk about just Animus Magic, but I'm just going to touch on the subject of flame silk. Not only is it not how fire works, it's not even how silk works. Okay, I know that was really random and off topic, but it's too short to have its own section, but I still felt like I should include it. And I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. Stay tuned, Dragonettes of Destiny, and see you next week.